Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who's in action again tonight versus the Sharks? We have the game and the pregame, of course, for you right here on 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network pregame show starting at 8.30, puck drop at 9.30. Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, joining us right now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. What's up, Kerbs? Fellas, how are you today? Doing great. What was your first impression of the new guy, Kasperi Kapanen? You know, I like the fact that Craig Berube put him in a role that's a top six role. Uh, I thought that in doing so, uh, you know, let him get really into the team in a, in a real quick hurry. Uh, even later in the game, moved him to that top power play unit, which has been totally ineffective for a little while here. And uh, so looked like a veteran player that, that's played a few games in the league, you know, made some smart plays, got to the middle of the ice, and looked like a guy that was excited to get uh, his, his first game underway with a new team. Curbs, I don't know if this if it's much of a surprise, but Sammy Blay gets the one-year contract extension. Uh, it's been great to have Sammy back in the blue note. Just your opinion of the deal and your opinion on you know what Sammy Blay has brought to the team since coming back here. Yeah, you know, and I don't know that Sammy would have had a whole lot of different options on the free agent market that would have netted him a whole lot more than that. Gives him some security. Gives him a place, too, that he knows with what's going on with his team right now that he's going to get a chance. So... Going into what would have been an unrestricted year, kind of gambles on himself a little bit. I think the Blues, in doing so, they get a motivated hockey player for that same reason that I just mentioned. And, you know, and moving forward, they know they've got an NHL body and they know that what they've got. So I think it kind of fits this retooling plan right now that, that buys the team some time. Curbs, do you anticipate that Doug Armstrong is done now? Because we've got the trade deadline coming up at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, you know what? I, boy, the, the action, I'll tell you what. I mean, I don't know when the last time a sport has seen this kind of action on a trade deadline. I mean, at least, at least the week leading up to it, my goodness. Uh, I, I do wonder this. When I, when, I watch the, uh, when I watch the Arizona Coyotes make another trade, like with Columbus, what's the National Hockey League going to do if the Arizona Coyotes actually get good and can no longer take on bad and expired contracts for other teams? Like, they... They have an amazing team of players like Pronger, Datsuk, and others that uh, where they've just taken on contracts that have never played for the organization. But either way, it's been a it's been a fascinating week in terms of the Blues. I, for me, it's I I think if there's a way for them to clear some cap space, they'll do it. I don't know, you know, how active they are in terms of continuing to shop people right now because I think I think their biggest chore was getting those unrestricted free agent aspects and, and and players moved and Doug Armstrong did that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there might be a, another one or two in there but I, I just don't I'm not anticipating anything major at least at the moment 
Curbs, uh, Jacob Chikrin, who has been a topic of discussion for about 18 months now, the Coyotes finally deal him, and the Ottawa Senators step up, and they they go the first-round pick, second-round, third-round pick in years to come, and also this year. Uh, It's rumored that the Coyotes had said they really didn't have any desire to trade within the division, which probably makes a little bit of sense. Not sure how much, based on where they are in the standings. Uh, But... In your opinion, did you, what did you think of the return for Jacob Chikrin? Uh, I got. I wonder, like, I, I don't know that that's all that great of a return, considering how long it took them to get that figured out. Um, I think what eventually happened is eventually hit that boiling point, Jamie, that that break point where, for the sake of Jacob Chikrin, for the sake of your own reputation as an organization and as a general manager, I think you had to get him moved. I don't think that this could have continued on beyond this year. Uh, I mean, it, it dragged out long enough. And, you know, not. I, I think that's important. And maybe you, you could talk more to the, the reputation of teams and general managers when it comes to decision-making and, and players wanting to go to certain places. But I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, I guess if, if, if push comes to shove and everything's the same, you think, oh, I'm not going to trade them inside the division. But the Coyotes are still a little bit off here from really being an impactful hockey team. So what what big of a difference is it going to make? You go look at what the Coyotes have from draft pick. And I, I think they've got, over the next three years, they have 16 draft picks in the second and the third round. That's, that's, that's amazing. Now, that's a lot of draft picks. But you draft a player in the second round or you draft a player in the third round, and the likelihood of him impacting your team within a four-year window, is very slim. So, to me, you're still talking a four- or five-year plan for the, the Arizona Coyotes when it comes to them using those draft picks. Now, is it capital to trade start trading for some NHL players? Well, that remains to be seen here. But uh, it, I, I guess in the end they could use it. I'm kind of with you, Jimmy. I'm not sure that that really made a big difference. And uh, I got a hard time believing they couldn't have found something close to that that would have helped their franchise a, a lot sooner than they did, to be honest with you. Chris Kerber joining us right now in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. He, he, of course, is the voice of the Blues right here on the Blues Radio Network, 101 ESPN. Kerbs, we got a mic drop from somebody named uh, Blake who wanted to ask you about uh, draft picks. Hey, Kerbs. Hey. Do you think that Doug Armstrong has already decided that he's going to trade the two first-round picks that he's gotten for O'Reilly and Tarasenko to get proven NHL talent? Or do you think it still depends on where those picks actually fall as to whether or not he actually drafts a player with them or trades them? That, that, that actually is a great question. I, I'm sure at this point in time, when you looked at somebody, maybe like a, uh, you know, like a Timo Meyer, and we'll be seeing those Sharks tonight without Timo Meyer. But whether it be him or some others, I'm sure he probably kicked the tire. I think one thing that Doug Armstrong's really good at is gauging what the market is and where it's at and what the value is. At this point in time, I mean, unless something transpires over the next 24 hours before the trade deadline. At, at this point in time, it, it seems to me like a lot of that has to be determined, like the, like the Mike Drop said. Find out where they go. There's a chance that both those draft picks could end up losing in the first round, and you end up more in that, uh, I don't know, 17, 19, 20 range, and the Blues have picked really well there. And if that's the case, you're talking about three picks in the top 20, 21. Well, that, 
man, that may change things, as, as the caller kind of alluded to. So I, at this point, I mean, unless there's something, obviously, that, that happens in the next 24 hours, that becomes a wait and see and then how the landscape of, of the, the playoffs go. Because, look, just because these teams have made – and there's been a bunch of teams that have made some deals of, my goodness, there's going to be some teams that are going to be looking at six, seven games into round one and a first-round loss going, well, those moves didn't work out, and then more changes are coming. Curbs, I know you. You're always a you're a very deep thinker, and you like to look ahead and and watch things as they evolve. For you, from now till the end of the season, who is a player or players that you're excited to watch and see what they can do between now and then for the Blues? Uh, for me, believe it or not, this one this comes down to well, I guess there's three. Tyler Tucker is the first one. Now, I don't know that he's. I don't think he's going to be in the lineup tonight. But how he gets used and just get him as much valuable experience as he can because I think what your thoughts of him going into next arc, next year are could really help determine what, if any, moves you decide to make along the blue line are this year. And that's where the Blues have some surplus at the end of this season. To me, the other one, it's just, it's just really simple, Jamie. It's, it's Jordan Cairo and it's Robert Thomas. How do they handle the final 20 games? What do they do? What type of compete do you see? Do you see some of the smart plays with the puck? Do you see a lot more of what we've seen this year with some ups and downs? I just I want to see those guys get every bit of ice time they can against every major player they can uh, as much as possible because that's that to me is going to tell them exactly what they're going to have to do in this offseason. Knowing what the Ryan O'Reilly's and the Braden Shens and the David Perrons and the Alexander Steen and what they've gone through over the last five years – with the St. Louis Blues shift in, shift out to defend against the best players on the other team, then find a way to produce against those players and lead a team to a championship, it takes an amazing amount of commitment away from the game as much as it does during the game. It takes an amazing amount of focus, and it takes an amazing amount of commitment. And to me, that commitment starts now for those guys in terms of whether or not they're going to be the ones to carry this team over the next few years. And the experience they get, Jamie, over these last 22 games is really going to give them an idea of what they've got to do in the offseason. Look, we're seeing Jordan Cairo get hit every shift, right? He's getting chopped. He's getting whacked. He's getting bumped because they can't hide him anymore. You can't hide him behind an O'Reilly, a Tarasenko, and some other guys. He's now getting an education of what it's like to be one of the top two guys on a hockey team, and that's an education you can only get by going through it. Curbs, great stuff as always. We'll be listening tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks. That's again Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues, right here on 101 ESPN.